Welcome to Take Note. This is episode 141 of our podcast, which, you know, it's about keeping a notebook in your back pocket and trying to trying to keep your head on a swivel and your ears open and, uh, you know, uh, capture little bits of life as they pass by and then kind of read them back to each other and then maybe talk a little bit about the tools we use to do so with my uh, my good friend Adam. Hello, Adam. Hey, Ted. I usually keep my notebook on my swivel and put my open ears in my back pocket. So I've been doing it wrong. And you open your head. Yep. Just Um, open it right up and pour the coffee in. Mm. If if you've made that mistake, I guarantee you, everybody's made that mistake. And that's (laughs) that's why we're here. But... uh, but uh, what we do is uh, read something from our notebook every week. So, uh, Adam, what do you got? Okay, I get the reason I said coffee, because I was looking at the word coffee in my notebook. All right. I walked to the coffee shop and saw a man who's often there. Tan work shirt and pants, a uh, ball cap with a bunch of pins in it. He's in his 60s, I think. He's very talkative, and once he starts, it's difficult to end the conversation. He encouraged me to try every flavor of cookie today. What's that, I said. He said, I try a different flavor every day. I hadn't ordered cookies, and I don't think that what he said was true. I was in it with him now. We discussed the ice storm that had happened that weekend. That led to him telling me that in September 2014, or maybe 2017, he fell down 14 steps while walking his dog. And he was in a coma for three months. I asked him how he felt when he learned he'd been out of it for three months. And he said, I try not to get very happy or very upset about anything. I try to be, and he mimed with his hand, driving in a straight, steady line. He said, I try to do the same thing at work. If a customer is angry, I'll politely walk away if I need to. Uh, If someone tells me they made a mistake, I say, it's okay. I'm not perfect. No one is perfect. And they remember and they thank me later. I remind myself, I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. We can't get upset about mistakes. That's what the man said to me in the coffee shop. What do you got? I, I'm still thinking about all the pins in his hat. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, like, uh, it's American flags in different shapes. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's American flags in different shapes in a Cubs hat. But I have once thought to myself, that guy's got an American flag hat on. It's always the same hat. And then you look at it, and it's just a Cubs hat that has been uh, covered in pins that you don't even recognize what the logo is on the hat. You're just distracted by the uh, American flag pins. You know, I, I was listening to an episode of CityCast Houston. Oh, nice. Which, uh, which I, I, I wanted to squeeze into the conversation because it's, you know, you've long been a fan of Slate's political gab fest. One of the hosts of, of which is David Plotz, who has gone on to found this business, CityCast, where it's city-based news podcasts. And I, I uh, started listening to the Houston one, which I guess has been around since before Thanksgiving, but it slipped past me. Um, but it's hosted by this longtime respected Houston columnist named Lisa Gray. And it's great. It's really great. Oh, good deal. Short episodes. Yeah. But uh, one, one of the recent ones I listened to was, uh, does Houston have enough eccentrics anymore? 
and uh, they they spend a little time there. There's some famous sort of eccentric, you know, folk art landmarks in the city. There's a beer can house and a flower the flower man's house, and uh, the orange show. I I recommend googling the all orange show. All really okay. interesting. Um, but uh, kind of lamenting or the 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 seeming fact that these kinds of eccentric landmarks are are becoming fewer and far between but also discussing like well, what makes an eccentric person and there were just some funny observations from the guests uh, one of whom I went to high school with incidentally huh. uh, this artist named Philip Pyle the second who did an amazing art piece in which he recreated his grandmother's living room except as an outdoor installation with uh, three walls and no ceiling that you could just walk into. It was like planted in the middle of a park. Pretty fantastic. But actually, Philip Pyle is doing a, uh, a, a, a sculpture as a monument on the location of the flower man's house using a lot of the motifs that he used, like bicycles and plastic flowers. Anyway, I digress, but one of the funny things Philip Pyle said was that... Uh, you know, to be a real eccentric, you gotta own your own house. <laughs> you can't. You gotta own property. You can't really get away with uh, with being a renter and turning your house uh, into a, a beer can, a festooned structure. Well said. Anyway, I, I feel think like, this is uh, an audition for you to be on CityCast Houston, and uh, I think you passed. Except all I'm doing is repeating what other guests uh, already said. But the uh, the pins in the hat that cover up the baseball logo, uh, that's pretty that's pretty pretty sweet in its own way. Can I can I be honest with you, Ted? Yeah. Uh, I can't believe how much you're focusing on the hat when I said that the man was in a coma for three months. Well, I can't talk about that. I, <laughs> I, got I would you. argue. Fair enough. I would argue you said all all that, there, that needs to be said on that particular. Just you're song. really fascinated with the hat, is what I'm saying. The pins. I, I, yeah. yeah. What do you got, Ted? Okay. This is really just a reflection. Uh, George Saunders, in his newsletter is fantastic and you you keyed me into and you still can read a lot of it for free and uh, who knows how long that'll last uh, talks about quote steering by ear and writing as creating a compelling sonic pattern then he goes on to compare this state of writing so writing for this sound rather than necessarily trying to you know drive the plot or something uh, compares it to comic improv and he represents it as, as one mode of writing among many, um, but one that uh, has been fruitful for him. I was teaching my daughter uh, when we were on our uh, Christmas vacation about the idea of improv and the yes and mentality. Uh, very young kids get this idea. They keep ideas moving forward, um, sort of no matter how illogical they are. But at, at age nine, she had lost some of that. And we tried to get ourselves away from the that's dumb response to a kind of an improvised conversation or an I don't know. Um, we were walking on the beach at the time. Um, ironically, I haven't even done uh, any structured comic improv in my life. 
Uh, and never formally in graduate school, I enjoyed many evenings engaged in something close to this flow state of improvised conversation, college too. But to set out to create a scene and characters in this style was new even to me, which didn't stop me from mansplaining my daughter <laughs> about how to do it uh, just right. As many have learned, there's an unlocking in the chest cavity that happens when you put yourself in a state like that, open to whatever direction uh, the conversation turns. Not unlike meditation, I found. And rarely, indeed, even in writing, which is probably why Saunders is drawn to it. Something about writing works against what we can accomplish in conversation. Kerouac tried to blast through this on his never-ending typewriter scroll. Free writing is an exercise you see everywhere you go in the creative writing realm. I struggle most to find this state when writing a blog post. It's somehow the worst of forms for me to feel creative in. I should look at this more carefully and try to pursue a sound instead of a topic when I'm thinking about a blog post, starting with some prompts and just throw all the links at the end. <laughs> uh, I feel I may have enjoyed the improv on the beach more than May. We didn't exactly start a trend. <laughs> my, that was uh, my rambling meander on the idea of trying to get into that yes and state creatively. Sometimes my boys will be arguing with one another, playing something, and they're not agreeing. They'll be arguing, and then I'll hear my older son go, Yes and, Wiley! Yes and! <laughs> yeah. But, but everyone's got to agree. Everyone's <laughs> got to agree to the yes and, right. and do it all at the same time. Right, right. I mean, it. You know, it, it, reflecting on it, I, I think, my tendency is to feel that like you would take an improv class in order to be funny. But what I'm realizing, and I'm sure many thousands of people have realized, is that there's a probably a deeper insight to be gained from such an environment in which you are committing to it with a group of people and, and doing interesting things no matter where they lead and that there's some value beyond just being funny. Well, to that. I, what I'm about to tell you, I think you're going to think is a joke, but it is true. All of the improv groups here in Chicago where uh, I think it was where the improv was made famous, at least, um, all, all of the improv groups here like have corporate training like they provide as a separate oh, service yeah. corporate training to no, go that into. makes perfect sense no i don't i mean i don't really i get it match it lines right up with what you were saying i think the idea of uh corporate training improv is a strange aberration but uh <laughs> not something i want to experience but yeah that's why you. That's why you're a, a lone wolf who struck out on his own to escape the shackles of bureaucracy. Some of us <laughs> feel cradled in the bosom of a large organization. Listen, I need control because I am never going to end up at a Christmas party where the entertainer is a magician. It's I'm just. It's one rule I live by. What do you got, Adam? All right. Well, I've got something uh, poetic and horrible. There was this detail in today's uh, New York Times The Daily podcast. They were talking about the potential invasion of the Ukraine. And the reporter said that Russia has a very small window of time for the invasion, basically February and March, because the ground 
on the border has to be frozen for the tanks to be able to cross. Once you get into mud season, you it's you can't invade. Yeah. It's amazing, it right? It feels like the most the most Russian of all details. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. You can't make that up. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I was that one stopped me in my tracks. That's heavy. Whoa, stopped me in my tracks. Duty. I didn't do that on purpose. <laughs> Mud season over here. All right, it's, hey. it's not funny in February. All right. Um. So I have gone. Uh, I have. I've dipped my toes into the mechanical keyboard waters i think as a let me ask you as a as a stationary podcast by law one of us has to be interested in mechanical keyboards right well and and my my goal here today is uh to commit our legal obligation (laughs) not to recite to you different types or whatever um but to to reflect a bit on why there, why that overlap might be, or why, where the, why there's crossover in the appeal. I think that's what I've, uh, I've tried to tried to be pensive about. You know, as we talk, I think about uh, on the Erasable podcast probably a few years ago now. They were they they got a twi- a, tw- a Twitter about the um, yeah neo. Oh, I'm gonna forget it. Freerider, exactly right? Name. The Freerider. Well, it's yeah, it's the the Neo Two something Neo Two. I'll link to it. But I actually bought one. It's this little. It's basically a word processor. It's light as a feather. It's a keyboard with a little um, kind of a monochrome screen at the top, and it's a it's a pretty satisfying keyboard. Um, and you, they they went they went in a rabbit hole. You know, you could tuck it in your um, your carry on and take it on a plane and the battery <laughs> and lasts forever. Yeah. I mean, clack, yeah, clack it wasn't as clacky. crazy letter next to you. It wasn't as clacky, but it was, it was, uh, it was the same impulse toward, you know, it's not quite a typewriter, but it's, it's, it's edging your way toward the more satisfying components of a typewriter while still, still, you know, keeping snug to the digital world and the the mechanical keyboard is an extension of that i think it's you know i was like in the mid 2000s when i was shackled to a laptop for my job probably i guess not for the first time but um you know i it was when i was working more independently and that's back when when you you were one of the hundred monkeys put in front of a typewriter to see if you could write hamlet the Tale of Two Cities. Tale of Two Cities. Okay, sorry. It was the best of times. It was the blurst of times. <laughs> Stupid monkeys. <Go. laughs> uh, but I, I actually went so far as to download some weird little plugin that probably gave my computer 15 viruses that made my keystrokes mm-hmm. sound as if <laughs> they were cl- the clacking keys of a typewriter. Yeah. So it's like the impulse has been there for a while for me to... I don't know. Have something a little more than just these the cheap office keyboard, and I think it was. Yeah, maybe I've actually had this one mechanical keyboard for a year or so. Now I I would work from home with it, and it actually would drive all the people I live with crazy when I would go on a typing frenzy, and they were like, "Can you 
can you not? And I was like, <laughs> not what? Oh, I see. It's this ridiculous uh, machine. Uh, so I, and I, I've enjoyed it for a while. I think I recently got the hankering to put new keys on it. So I did that little, you know, I spent a couple hours like, I'm going to learn about this world and then going like, oh, that's all too expensive. I'm going <laughs> to buy the cheap Amazon version of this, of this niche product. So I, um, so I, I did that. And I mean, popping these keys off is, is pretty fantastic. Like, I think I grew up thinking that a keyboard, like if a key fell off, your screws <laughs> throw it away. Uh, something has gone horribly wrong. But no, you get to, to do it. popping so that, them back together is the really, I think, that's the part that's like, you line it up and you push it and then something clicks, right? Well, that's sort of the whole experience, except it's sanctioned and it's <laughs> encouraged in this realm of mechanical keyboards. And you can change the way things click and put little, I put a little rubber, uh, little rubber ring on the keys and it makes a different click. So you can change the clicks. Um, but it's really satisfying. I, I realized during this conversation why I have never seen the draw in mechanical keyboards. Because I am a very loud typist. I get complaints in no matter what format you're working. Oh, no matter what, absolutely. What the absolutely. I use, a, I mean, I use a laptop and I type too loud for everyone. And so, I mean, <laughs> so I have no need for these performance enhancing keyboards. Uh, so you're like, uh, you're like the, the finale of a Mozart concerto. You're, <laughs> yes, I am. Are, are I really am. Passing your eyeballs on their way back down to the keyboard. Uh, my wife would be legitimately upset if I brought home, guess what? I've got a clacky <laughs> keyboard. Like it's it's uh relentless enough when I'm working from home as it is. Uh yeah. Well, I'd like to Have you imagine... got have you ever thought of typing harder? <laughs> <laughs> I like it's to imagine copy. think about an apartment complex in brooklyn or something when everyone had a typewriter yeah sounds like a cheaper I mean, story it, it i mean can you just imagine the the conflict that must have resulted or maybe nobody had a, a typewriter at home and they just did it at work and and kept things separate yeah yeah i, I mean i bet that the in that department building People were angry at the guy that fancied himself a writer and was typing Probably. all all night. Especially and if he was typing as loud as me. Yeah. Muttered to themselves yep. to their neighbors. Yep. About that strange man up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I I wish you well on this experience. I do think at uh, <laughs> we should really have <laughs> an experiment where you just try to type harder for the next week and see if that's satisfying too. Um, like I, I'm curious well, if hey, you got it in you. I put some fun, colorful keys on there, and I brought. I, it's usually at my office where there is nobody. Uh, it's going to be an issue if anybody actually comes back to the office. I'm going to have to re rethink my strategy. But uh, have you set it up so that the mechanical keyboard moves every time you type a letter? Moo, No. <laughs> It's not going to work. But I brought it home to show my daughter and uh, 
Then I brought it back to work, and tonight she said, uh, are you going to bring your keyboard home every day? So I felt like that was a vote of confidence. Huh. Um, Field Notes has been up to some things. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, so a couple of their editions from last year just sold out. And then an edition from, I'm going to say, two years ago, Heavy Duty, they just made a regular part of the lineup. The Heavy Duty is that... Um, chipboard field notes notebook hardback but and then it flips up the um the spiral yeah as i as i recall we spent a good amount of time talking about it when that one came out yeah uh that i mean you uh you invented an innovative uh technique if i recall yes and listeners can send five dollars and we will remind them what that technique is no we yeah i we put some double-sided magnet tape on uh, on them in my house. Maybe not double-sided magnet tape, just magnet tape on the inside back cover. And the, um, the heavy-duty notebook lives on my fridge now as like a little to-do list. It is. I was thinking about That's it great. today. It is the notebook, the Field Notes notebook I look at the most often because it's hmm. right there on my fridge. Oh, that's funny. Well, I, I mean, I think... Did did Field Note did they say that it was their best selling edition ever? I don't know. In the in the email, maybe quickest selling or something like that. There was discussion online about whether it was the quickest selling edition, but they used to go really really quickly back when they didn't make as many. And I'm reading the email now uh, of yesterday of the Tuesday, January 11th. This really is the opposite heart- of breaking news. Our hard-working, heavy-duty edition is now back in stock. One of our most popular quarterly releases ever are now a regular part of our product line. But, you know, of course, it's funny that one of their, you know, they, they've been, who, who knows what that means, one of our most popular, but they, it's, it's out of the regular form factor. So for it to be a very popular edition is kind of interesting. Yeah, I, I, I don't think just... I've ever held one of those. Well, you should get either. one. I might have an extra one. Um, and then if I were to give them all away, I wouldn't have a to-do list. So, Can you throw some uh, magnetic tape into the package if you're going to... Gosh, I would if I knew where it was, right? Because I bought a roll of magnetic tape and all I need is like four strips of four inches. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I did want to also mention, though, that the two editions that... Well, one of them sold out, and one of them is almost selling out. The Trailhead just sold out, which is their lined edition from the summer. And they've mentioned that the Harvest edition, which is that, um, I think you started using one too. Um, it's yep. the the picture of fruit or food on the cover and boss. Um, that one is about to sell out. But as they said that, as I read that, I... And actually, as I was looking at all the notebooks I used last year, because I don't usually post a photo on Instagram of my like year in notebooks, because that's a normal thing to do. Um, a- anyway, as I was looking at it, I really thought about it, and I, and I thought about how those two that I think didn't get it, you know, they weren't, those notebooks weren't treated by the Field Notes nerds with uh, a huge level of excitement, maybe especially that Harvest one, because the picture is just very different from what Field Notes normally does. But they are really a couple of the best editions I think they've ever put out. And uh, there's some recency bias here, but I would put them in my top three, I think. I mean, I think down the line, 
people are going to look back at these with their, you know, with the embossed illustrations and the, the, the uniqueness of the, the artist, you know, the Cook's yeah. Illustrated artist. Like, I think they're going to really uh, only grow in their renown over time. Yeah, I, I mean, I totally and I'm, get and why. I'm gonna, I will eventually regret uh, slapping this 80s sticker from my sister's old sticker collection that says, go for it with a picture of a motorcycle almost covering one of the pieces of corn. Uh, I'm not going to be happy about that down the line. Your sister's old sticker collection. Why are we not talking about that? I Well, I prefer to kind of at the end of every year... Uh, Steel, steel, sticker, <laughs> sticker collections of the year. So I, I so like to save it up for that. All right, so we'll we'll talk we'll talk about that again in eleven months. Then, right? <laughs> um, but I, I mean, I think the trailhead too is is gonna really, uh, you know, maybe it's maybe it's ruled paper bias that that I'm dealing with. Here. Maybe but both of those editions have been just very enjoyable to use in the last few months yeah you know we didn't uh nerd out quite as much on like field notes new releases last year i think yeah maybe we did um (laughs) i imagine we probably did what else would we have talked about but um but those really yeah those have really crept up and i i really really like those so those oh and i'll just say that uh field notes is sold out of trailhead but you can online retailers still have them um, and they'll probably be available there for a while. So you can get that Trailhead Edition that we are gushing over if you should. listen to this show and you don't have it. Or if you host this show and you don't have it. <laughs> uh, we we covered some of our post-holiday um, uh, hauls last episode, but I have a late entrant. Uh, my mom got me a new fanny pack. Oh, Nice. I said to my mom, how does it make you feel that three out of three of your children now regularly wear a fanny pack? Unironically. She didn't have much of a response to that. She ripped that fanny pack out of your hand. (laughs) Well, she she got me just a handsome handsome fanny. So my, uh, my fanny pack game is is updated and upgraded for 2022 we can talk about more of it later but for now let's uh do this again next week adam what do you say sounds great and in 11 months we can talk about your sticker collection yep i I will prepare myself Uh, i'll have to uh my daughter has commandeered most of the collection so i'll need to I've got some approvals. So I need to run through the chain. You ripped those stickers out of your daughter's hand the same way your mom ripped that fanny pack out of your hand, Ted. I I made a stack of stickers that I liked uh, that I wanted for myself, which comprised maybe 5% of the overall collection that my sister gave to my daughter. And she said, I need to review them first. <laughs> she chopped that stack in half and told me i could have half of those stickers and she kept the rest uh you can find us on the internet at take note.space we we've got a lot of cool content over there uh blog posts and the web vault uh, i feel like is worth the mention 
This is where it's the vault you put me in every time. (laughs) It's the wrong thing on the show. Every time you try to design your own website, Um, it's it's a collection of websites that are just from a different time, and but that are that still live on. Uh, One of them is a is something I think I heard about on the Pen Addict. It's a collection of. Those pens that have little moving parts in them that when you tip them upside down, they move back and forth. That's on there. I believe there's a website about the history of battle axes. Uh, go check those out. They Not only will you enjoy the, the page on our site, but when you actually click through to these these websites, you'll be amazed and you can spend hours and seeing what people come up with. We get 10 cents per click, right? <laughs> Uh, we're on Twitter at twitter.com slash take note pod. Uh, take care.